0: Good morning, Hope Church. It is so good to be in the house of God, and after youth camp, I tell you what, I am just pumped. I'm excited after youth camp. It's such an amazing thing to see the lives of young people impacted. It was a fantastic uh, week, and we do, man, just thank you so much for being so generous, for sending so many students there. If we could take you all there so you could see it and experience it yourself, we would love to do that, but Hopefully, this kind of gives you a sense of, of what it was like and the way God was moving there. So we are in a series right now called In the Fire, where we've been looking at the book of Daniel and looking at how Daniel's story relates so well to this current cultural narrative that we find ourselves in, that there's a culture that is wayward, that is in the middle of chaos, and you see this person, Daniel, and his friends that make a decision to live for God, even in the middle of that. So uh, I just love this series and what it's done so far and. Pastor Lance asked me to preach today, and honestly, whenever he said, we're going to be in Daniel 2, I was kind of like, I don't really know what to take out of this. And there were some things that he kind of was like, hey, what about this idea, this idea? And I was like, man, I just don't, I'm not feeling it yet. So I started running with what he was giving me, and all of a sudden, God began to speak to me about some things that I just feel like is going to be such a blessing and a challenge to us as a church. So are you ready for the Word today? I am so ready. I'm so excited. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we just ask for your blessing on the Word today. We're so grateful that you speak to us. Every time we open up scripture, you speak. So Lord, we say that right now, as I communicate, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit. Help me as I preach. And Lord, I pray that the word of God would go and it would not land on deaf ears, but it would land in a place where it would be seated in soft soil, ready to receive the seed, and to be planted, and to bear much fruit. So, Lord, we dedicate these moments to you, and we do lift up our country right now. God, we just ask that you would bring healing to our nation. Lord, we ask for our leaders, our president, and and our governor even. Lord, every person who is making decisions surrounding the virus or trying to bring order to chaos in different parts of our country. Lord, we ask that by your Spirit, you would intervene, and you would help us as a church to rise up and be a light in the dark. Lord, we dedicate this moment to you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. So today's message is called Instant Revelation. Instant Revelation. Can you do this with me? Can we all do air quotes right now? Let's do this. Instant. So whenever we say instant, we're talking about instant revelation, okay? So I have got a couple of, of, of uh, just illustrations right here to show you. This right here is a packet of of instant grits. Okay. And you guys are all familiar with instant grits. We've got some instant oatmeal right here, which by the way, apple and cinnamon is probably my favorite of the flavors. Um, This one, I love this beef flavor. It's not beef. They're not, they're not claiming it's beef. It's just kind of tastes like beef, but instant noodles, instant ramen noodles. We got some instant water flavoring crystal light. We got, and lastly, instant coffee. Okay. It says 100% instant coffee. And what's interesting about this is that it says instant, but do you know that this product, instant coffee has been in development for over 190 years. And if you've ever had it, you would know they're not quite done developing it It <laughs> still needs a little bit of help. But instant coffee, the reason I bring this up is there are so many things labeled instant. That that we want, that we want it to be right now, we want it to be right away, but even though it might be called instant, it's not actually instant. It takes a long time for something like that to be developed. Thank you so much. So I want us to look at today, revelation. We all desire, we want to know, we want to see God speak, we want to have a revelation from God, but there's no such thing as an instant revelation. We're going to look at that in just a second. In Daniel 2, kind of the backstory of this chapter is King Nebuchadnezzar ends up getting a dream. The dream freaks him out a little bit. So he asks his astrologers and wise men, I want you to tell me the meaning of my dream. So the astrologers and wise men are like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna, do, we're gonna get our paycheck while you tell us your dream and we're gonna tell you what it means. We're gonna interpret it for you. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, no, 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 no. This dream was too intense and, and I'm paying you too much. I don't want you to just interpret a dream for me. I want you to tell me my dream and then interpret it tell it to me and then interpret it. And they kind of freak out because they realize they can't do it. Daniel 2 verse 10, it says this, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among the people. And I think what you see is this perspective from these people who were wise men of the day, and they are admitting, we cannot do what you're asking us to do. We could make up some stuff if we heard your dream and make it sound like as if we got an interpretation, but you're asking us to tell you the dream too? And it's like, it's so funny how this story begins to reveal the difference between worldly wisdom and worldly revelation and the revelation that comes from God. There's a huge difference. If you've ever opened up a fortune cookie, you've seen worldly revelation, right? I actually found a couple of really funny fortune cookies I wanted to show you. Uh, This one's hilarious. Help, I'm being held prisoner in a Chinese bakery. (laughs) That sounds a little heavy for a Chinese fortune cookie. I cannot help you for I am just a cookie. A new romance is in your future, says one. The next one says, ignore previous cookie. Sorry about that. Uh, hear about this, just super generic. Your sports team will be very successful this year. And I love this last one. You will read this and say, geez, I could come up with a better fortune than that. <laughs> and I just think, what a, what a good picture of what it's like when you ask the world or go to the world for a revelation that only God can give. It's like they're just shooting in the dark. There's, there's no actual revelation, but interpretation, anybody can interpret something, but it doesn't mean it's a real revelation. And what I want us to look at is Daniel is, is, is you're gonna see in a moment, he kind of steps up to the plate here, but Daniel had a different perspective than these guys had. The wise men of the time and the astrologers said, it's impossible, can't be done. Only gods can do it. They don't live here. But Daniel, Daniel believed that his God does live among his people. Daniel knew that the answer could come from his God. And it says in verse 12, the king is so furious when he heard this, he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, the men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. So in Arioch, the commander of the king's guard came to kill them. So they're at the door ready to kill them. And this is how Daniel responds. It says, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Ariok, why is the king issued such a harsh decree?" So Ariok told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and he told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. I love this verse. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them this mercy by telling them the secret. So they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. And what's wild about this story is that you see, really, there is a continuation of last week's message, because Daniel, this, by the time Daniel 2 comes around, this is probably a couple of years after the graduation ceremony. And Daniel, as Pastor Lance was saying last week, had made a decision that even in the fire, maybe I'm not going to ask God to take me out of this moment, out of this difficult time, but I'm going to see, God, are you trying to do something here? So instead of Daniel freaking out in the moment, which if death is knocking at your door, would you not be tempted to freak out? It's so funny, like, like right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic and we have people who are freaking out about touching another human, about breathing too close to another human, about touching something that someone else touched. It's like death is knocking at the door right now. And so many are responding with panic and Daniel is literally right at, the death, at death's door. Death is coming for him and I love what it says. It says that he responds with wisdom and discretion. How fascinating that in a moment of high pressure, he doesn't say, oh, it's the end. But he says, maybe God's going to do something. And he begins to wonder, can God do something in this moment? Daniel saw an opportunity while everyone else was probably losing their minds. So here's the first point if you're taking notes today. Wisdom and discretion are spiritual too wisdom and discretion are spiritual too. Sometimes we think about spiritual things and it's just prayer and it's just worship and it's just these kind of like pie in the sky things. And I love how it says that Daniel responded and you're gonna see how it was by the help of the spirit with wisdom and with discretion in the moment. And what is wisdom and discretion? The dictionary would define both of those things. Wisdom as defined by the dictionary is simply knowing what to do based on the time you've been alive. So you be around longer, you know what to do. So that's wisdom. You got gray hair, you probably know what to do in a a situation. Discretion is basically people skills. You know how to say what to do. You know how to explain, here's how we should handle this situation. So Daniel, scholars believe he was probably about 20 years old at this time. At 20 years old, how many 20 year olds do you know? Sorry for the 20 year olds here. How many of them do you know have a lot of wisdom and discretion? (laughs) It's not super common at that age. But I love how it says Daniel, as a young man, had wisdom and discretion. Do you know that Daniel 2 is the only chapter in the book of Daniel that is written in Aramaic? Every other chapter is written in Hebrew. It was a book for the Hebrews. But chapter 2 is so fascinating that scholars believe that was shared worldwide. So it had to be written in Aramaic so it could reach more people because of the the examples of wisdom, the way that Daniel handled this was such a lesson on wisdom and discretion that everyone needed to know this. But you see this contrast between Daniel and worldly wisdom. Daniel was alive at the same time that the Chinese man, Confucius, who often gets credit for fortune cookies, was alive. They were alive at the same time. And you see this stark contrast between a worldly wisdom and a godly wisdom. Confucius was much older at the time, and he had had kind of just a wisdom that came with age. And it's not like he said things that weren't that deep or weren't that wise. He had some wise sayings. But Daniel was just like through the roof with his wisdom. Where did it come from? It didn't come from himself. It didn't come from age, but it came by the help of the Spirit. Daniel understood. I love how it says that he went home and he's like, maybe God's going to speak to us. Maybe God's going to give us an answer. It doesn't just say that Daniel goes and he seeks God on his own, though. It says that Daniel went to his friends and he said, can you storm heaven with me? Do you have some friends that storm heaven with you whenever you have a question? Whenever you have a need, whenever there's desperation in your heart, do you have people that you can call on that you can say, hey, we need to go after God right now? I need some help. I need to hear from the Lord and I need your help. And they helped him out. And it says that God did speak to them in this moment. There's some times in my life that I have not made wise decisions. I remember years ago, we were invited by some pastor friends of ours to go to Disney World for free. They were going to give us a free vacation to Disney World. We just, hey, here's the weeks we want to go. We would love for you to come. It's free. We'll invite you to come with us. And Brooke and I were like, we kind of needed a break. And we were like, you know, we didn't have kids yet. We were like, well, maybe maybe we'll just go on our own and do something instead. So we decided to pass up a free trip to Disney World because we wanted to be on our own. So we drive up nine hours to, to Arkansas, and we decided to go camping. And I'm not kidding you. On the way up to Arkansas, we get stopped, and I get a ticket in this little town with like, you know, it's like 75, 55, 45, 35, 25, five, five miles an hour. So like the speed limit gets down. I get a ticket and then all of a, I'm all frustrated. I like that. To to I pick up speed. I'm not kidding you. By the time I picked up speed, I got pulled over again and I got another speeding ticket on this same trip. We get there. We unpack the tent. I'm all mad. It's in the middle of the summer. It's hot and humid. We got the tent out. There's roots in our back. It's miserable. We can't even sleep at night. So we're like, let's just sleep in the car. And at the time we had this little hatchback, Scion XB mini like vehicle, you know, and we barely sleep in the air. We can't even, like, stretch out. It's the most miserable trip. The next morning, we wake up for breakfast. I'm sitting at this picnic table with Brooke, and she just looks at me, and she just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she starts breaking down and she says, I hate this trip. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what did I do? We leave early and we stay for one night in Mississippi somewhere at a motel, not a hotel, a motel. You know the difference? We stopped at a motel on the way home and then we went home while our friends were still in Disney. And I was thinking back about this and Brooke said, that was like the worst decision we've ever made. Like that was not made with a lot of wisdom or discretion that we were like, oh, let's do our own thing. We missed out on an opportunity. And I think that there are moments in your life where something's presented and you can choose to do your own thing or you can choose to act with wisdom given by the Spirit. And I love how Daniel does that in the face of it says they came to kill him. They were coming to kill him and he still responds with wisdom and discretion. In Ephesians 5, I love this perspective because right now some people are losing their minds out there but you have an opportunity to act with wisdom and discretion. Ephesians 5 verse 15. Be careful how you live with intentionality. Don't live like fools, but those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. There has never been a better time to live with purpose in our days with, with purpose in our steps, with wisdom and discretion. And here's why it matters. Because people want to board a ship that doesn't rock in the waves. And whenever everything's falling down around you, and you're standing steady, and you've got confidence, people are like, I don't know what he has, but I know I need it. And it's attractive to the world whenever you look different in situations like that here's the second point. If you're taking notes, so the first thing is wisdom and discretion or spiritual truth. second thing is this, surface relationship yields surface revelation. Surface relationship yields surface revelation. So we're talking about instant revelation today, and that revelation did not come in an instant for Daniel. Daniel had a history of knowing God, a couple of weeks ago, Brooke had a birthday. Her birthday is August 1st, just in case you're wondering, want to get her something nice next year. August 1st is Brooke's birthday, and some friends texted me. Elizabeth and Marty texted me, and they're, like, and they're all like, the girls are taking Brooke out, and they're like, hey, we want to get her something, but we're not really sure what she likes. Can you tell us the kind of things that Brooke likes? And I'm like, yeah, I can absolutely tell you she likes gold not silver. She likes uh, she, she likes modern more than she likes Victorian. Or like She likes all these different styles and she's like, well, what about this and that? And I'm like, no, she doesn't like this or that. And I know this because I've been married to Brooke for 20 years. Now, you can be married to someone for 20 years and not really know that person that well, but I've paid attention and I've noticed that almost everything I buy her, she returns to the store because it's not right. So I pay attention and I have learned my lesson again and again that she is very particular. So I pay attention to those things. Now I get her a gift card. But anyway, it's like when they were texting me and they're asking me all these questions, they were like, wow, you really know your wife well. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of years of heartbreak, you know, of of her returning my hard earned gifts, you know. But I I did notice that I was kind of like proud in that moment. I was like, yeah, I know my wife. I've spent time getting to know her. I know her heart. I know what she cares about. I know what she loves. And it came out in a, in a moment where it was needed. And it's the same thing with God. If you want to have instant revelation, if you need to be able to hear from God in a moment, it comes by history. It comes by a, a constant pattern of being with God. You don't just start your relationship with God and get revelation in the moment. It takes a long time to understand his voice, to see the different kinds of ways that he speaks to us. So even though it seems instant for Daniel, it wasn't actually an instant revelation. It was something that you see a pattern of his life. In Daniel 6, if we look ahead just a little bit, when Daniel's about to be thrown into the lion's den and he hears about this, th- this um this new law that is passed, and you can't worship any other God. It says this in verse 10. Daniel learned that the law had been signed, but he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done before, giving thanks to God. And I love this perspective because it shows us that Daniel is not a man who like, didn't have his stuff together, didn't know God, and all of a sudden he needed it and he got it. But he was a man who for years, whenever it seemed like everything was okay, he sought God no matter what. And then in the day when trouble came, he was able to hear. If you want revelation from God, put in the work now. Understand his voice now. Hear his voice now. Recognize his voice right now. Now's the moment. And there's a lot of, what's interesting about this story is that I believe that because of Daniel's readiness, it's the reason that Daniel was able to save himself and his friends and so many around him, was because he was ready for the moment. He was ready for the testing. And there's a moment that comes in all of our lives that is similar to this. This moment right now in your life might be it, where you're being tested and culture's changing. It's so different and there's so many new stresses that you haven't considered before. Right now you're being tested and testing reveals the strength of something. Years ago, Brooke had some friends over to the house, and they were a little generous in the waistband, if you know what I mean. And they sat on this southern swing that she had, and they straightened out the S-hooks. And the swing came falling to the ground because the swing was not ready for the load. (laughs) And that's what ends up happening in moments of stress. This weight gets put on you. And in those moments, the testing reveals whether you're ready, whether what's under the surface that needs to be there is there. And in this moment, Daniel had it. Things of high value like this revelation and the, and the responsibility to save people around you, Daniel had the responsibility. He had, he had ample capacity to hold this moment. Let's continue in the story in verse 25. Daniel gets the revelation. In verse 25, it says Ariok quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. So the king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replied, there's no wise man, enchanter, musicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God in heaven. Who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now, I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay in your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is gonna happen, and it's not because I'm wiser. Love this about Daniel. It's not because of me, it's not because of how great I am or my great revelation. It's not because I'm wiser than anyone else and I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what's in your heart. Daniel's given a revelation that everyone else missed. All the wise men, all the enchanters, all the astrologers, everyone that you would look to for the day missed what was going on. Daniel was given this by God. And here's the last thing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is so helpful. Clarity is available where confusion is common. Clarity is available where confusion is common. Right now, we live in a confused culture. There are so many confusions around identity, around what political party matters, around what you should do to stop this virus, around whether or not we should go back to school. All these questions. There's so much confusion. But even in those moments of confusion, the Holy Spirit offers us clarity. He wants you to live with clarity. Revelation is necessary in the middle of clarity. And I think what's interesting is Daniel knew where to go for revelation. You could have all kinds of revelations like right now. Aren't there a lot of answers to the questions that the world's asking? There's answers everywhere. You go through Facebook and there are multiple different answers you're gonna see. Share this article, did you hear? Oh, this true, did you see what this person did or that person did? And you know, there's this conspiracy around this and that. There's all these crazy ideas that are solutions to the world's problems. I was doing some studying about the way that the enemy works and the Bible says that he comes as an angel of light, that he tricks people, that he is a false light. Did you know, do you know what bioluminescence is? Bioluminescence is something that animals use in the wild, everything from bacteria to fireflies to um, these fish called anglerfish deep in the sea. I've got a photo of an anglerfish, and maybe if you've seen Finding Nemo, you remember the anglerfish scene. This is a real creature. that the end of this little cord coming out of the top of its head, lights up with bioluminescence. Luring small prey to its death. And what I thought was so fascinating about this is that that false light is created by this chemical combination of two chemical compounds. And I'm not kidding you. Hopefully you get it right away. The two chemical compounds are called luciferous and luciferens. Listen to the root word. A false light that draws this prey to its death it's the same exact thing that Satan does. That he puts a false light, a false hope, a false glimmer out there that the world is like, I'll need some hope, I need some hope, everything's falling apart, death is at the door, where do we find the answers? Is it there, is it there? I see a light here, I see something here, I see this looks like something, this looks like in the middle of all of that, there can be clarity, there can be the real light. And here's the thing, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world, meaning that by his spirit, we bring what the world is desperately searching for, that there can be hope in the darkness when we step up to the plate. And we say, you know what? I know there's a lot of things crazy, and I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to go after God. And I want to hear his voice. I want to know what he's saying. First Corinthians 2 verse 10 says this, it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. There are things about God that seem impossible to understand. But by His Spirit, He helps us to understand so that we can be the hope of the world. So that we can bring hope where there's desperation where there's darkness. And I love how, you know, I believe that God trusted Daniel with this because Daniel had, what Pastor Lance mentioned last week, he had a refined spirit about him. Pastor Lance said last week, how do you know when something's refined? The the blacksmith said, whenever you can see the reflection in it, then it's done. And I think that's exactly what we see in Daniel because Daniel tells the king, it's not because I'm wiser. It's not, don't look at me. Look at God. It's God that does this. It's God that's able to do it. He's the one who receives the credit and the glory for this. So Daniel tells him the dream. He interprets it, and it helps the king. The king is blown away, and I love what it says. The king says this to Daniel. Truly, in verse 47, your God, so it's not personal yet, it's still Daniel's God, but surely your God is the greatest of gods. Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries. Some great worship phrases. Sounds like some great Hillsong songs. Greatest of gods and Lord over kings and revealer of mysteries. This is a pretty good revelation that this secular king gets. For you've been able to reveal this secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler of the whole province of Babylon. Well, as... as well as chief over all the wise men. So Daniel Daniel is just a 20-year-old kid in service of the king, and all of a sudden he's elevated to this place above all of the other wise men because of what he was able to do in this moment of where revelation was needed. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs in the province of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court what I love about this is you see Daniel respond in such a unique way like this is a secular king he is not a man of God he doesn't respect God but Daniel does and Daniel showed this king honor just the way that he spoke to him he called him king and he he just showed him honor and because of his willingness to honor this king God gives him favor with this king and I think we've got this perspective. I don't know where it comes from, but I see it in me sometimes too, that like anyone secular doesn't deserve honor. We're just gonna talk bad about them. We're gonna gossip instead of praying for them and asking that God would reach their heart. Yeah. And, and I love how Daniel, he's like, you know what? He's a secular king, but God put me here for some reason. Yeah. So I wanna make the most of this. Yeah. He shows honor to this king and this king gets his own mini revelation, even though it's a temporary one he gets a mini revelation about God. Is it possible that God wants to do the same thing in us? And if we live with the spirit of honor, we can have what they said about Jesus, that he had favor with God and favor with man. If we're gonna reach people with the message of the gospel, you need favor with man. Daniel had it. And I think that we can learn a lot from his spirit of honor. So what do I need to say? I think today's main point and what I'm hoping that you get is that God wants you to walk around with revelation, with understanding of what's going on. You don't have to be in the dark. You don't have to look at what's going on in the world and be confused and say, "Ah, I don't really get it either. But I'm so frustrated. If we just voted the right person in, if we just did this, if we just did all these other things, these false lights, sometimes we fall for those too. And I believe God's trying to say, I wanna give you revelation so that the world would see the light in you and be drawn to Jesus, the source of that light. So that, that light, it's not it's not instant. That revelation's not instant. We make a decision today, I want to be a person who's going to seek the heart of God right now. Yeah. Even though it seems like I've got my stuff together, I want to get ready for the day I need it. Because there is going to be a day that comes. And I don't want to be the one who's lost. I want to be the one who, you know what? I have seen God move. I have seen God be faithful. Let me lead you to him. So I want to take a moment. Can we stand together? And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to two things. I want to give you an opportunity today to respond to the message of Jesus. Maybe the truth is that you feel today that you are in darkness yourself. And today, whether you're in the room or maybe you're watching online, that you feel like, I don't know the answer for me. I don't even know where my tomorrow looks like. I certainly can't even imagine if there is an eternity, what my eternity looks like. But Jesus offers us a confidence in our future. He says, you can be made right with the Father. All who come to me, you have promise of new life. That's what Jesus promises us. Jesus tells us this. And it's so, it's available to you today. All you do is you repent, you say, I need Jesus. I need you, I can't do it on my own. I need a savior and I believe that you are that savior. If you've never given your life to Jesus today, I wanna give you a chance to do that. We're gonna pray just a real simple prayer of repentance and acknowledgement that we need Jesus. And then I wanna take a moment for every person who, maybe you're a believer and you would say, I wanna be the kind of person who is ready for an instant revelation, who knows his voice, so that in the middle of chaos, I can be a light in the darkness. I want to be ready. I want to be ready for that moment whenever it comes. So let's first, let's just pray a prayer of repentance before the Lord. Acknowledgement that we need Him. And if this is you and you pray this for the first time, please let us know. Fill out that connection card and just say, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. We're going to help you to find your next step, your next next step in your relationship with Him. So let's all pray this together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I know that I need you. I recognize my sin and that you want to be my Savior. I believe you're the perfect Son of God. You lived a perfect life, but you died a sinner's death on a cross. You paid my way to know the Father. So I surrender my life to you my past, present, and future. It's all yours. Make much of it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna give you an opportunity, if you've already made a decision to follow Jesus and your heart cry today is I wanna be ready in the moment when revelation is necessary. In the moment, in the middle of chaos, when the world is looking for the answer, I wanna make a decision to be that light. That's you today, I just want to pray a general prayer over you, and if you maybe want to make a statement of faith where you say, Lord, I am committing to get in relationship with you deeper than I have before, to get in intentional prayer times with you, to do like Daniel did, whether it's you pray three times a day like he did, you up with a system where you know god where you are face to face with him and you can recognize his voice we're going to spend some time in worship and if you want to respond by walking up here and saying lord that's going to be me i'm going to do it if you want to do it right where you are lifting up your hands and saying lord i make a commitment right now i want to be ready for revelation in the middle of chaos make a decision today either way lord i need to be that i want to be the light. In the darkness. Lord, I thank you for every person at the sound of my voice. Those that here in the room, those watching online, Lord, I know that you are calling us right now to be hope in the middle of darkness, to be the real light, the authentic light, to have real answers. You are the answer. So Lord, I pray that right now that you would help us by your spirit to lean into relationship with you, to lean into hearing your voice, to make a commitment to hear you right now right now so that in the moment of chaos we have revelation so in the moment of chaos we know what to do and what to say and that people say i need what you have lord we make a commitment right now to be lights to light it up oh so lord right now light the fire in our soul light our passion for you light our desire for you for your voice Lord. i pray against every false light is attacking people in this church right now, attacking our valley, attacking our nation, and we speak right now that you would bring truth and clarity in Jesus' name.